Hello, welcome to Spotlight, an optimistic glow of colour and creativity. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This week, we hear about an exciting trip for Manx singer Ruth Kegan-Gell. Speak to the new Biosphere Artist-in-Residence, Ali Hodgson, and hear more from the Arts Council's Jane Corkle about their student loans for the year 23-24. Do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you might be involved in, planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in that spotlight. You know the list. I'll go through it anyway. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime, ceramics. There must be others I don't even know of. Email spotlight at manxradio.com. Straight to me, Howard Kane at manxradio.com. Film, we didn't mention them, did we? But we might do in the next week or two. Well... For this evening, we'll start where we left off last week, when we were hearing about the latest round of Isle of Man Arts Council funding. Yes, you can apply for your artistic endeavours if you want. Go online to the Arts Council site and find out more. Well, while I was down at the Arts Council headquarters and speaking to Arts Development Manager Jane Corkle, she also told me how the Council has increased their student bursary schemes for the forthcoming year. The Arts Council have three annual student bursaries that they award, each for £10,000, and that's to go to a student over the duration of a course. Um, But this year, uh, well, in the last couple of years, we've noticed that the standard of of the students and their applications has been really high. Uh, And the Arts Council made the decision this year to actually award six uh, bursaries rather than just the three. So for the first time, we've got six recipients. Um, And so we have an award for performing arts. We have an award for visual art and literature and we have another award which is called the Arts Council Award and we give that to a student who for, or students, who for various reasons um, have are in situations which may preclude them continuing their studies. So that's very much a support bursary. Uh, So yes, we had six great recipients this year. Talk us through a couple of them, because one caught my eye straight off, because I don't even totally understand what she's doing. If Ruth Tickle is doing an MA in voice pedagogy. Uh, well, Ruth is, um, in politeness to Ruth, uh, a mature student. Nothing um, wrong with that. No, I hope she won't mind um, me saying that. Um, but Ruth is a, a singing teacher by, by profession, and she is undertaking a course in voice pedagogy. So she, she wants she's going away to learn um, about... Uh, voice development in in young people in particular which obviously she then wants to bring into her own teaching but also just on the island you know we have a lot of very young singers um, and a lot of you know young singers in choirs various things going on in the Isle of Man we we well you know bat above our average on that level so Ruth is hoping to bring um, specific skills that maybe there are on the island about voice development. Which is good, and uh, Josephine Lazenier is looking at something perhaps we don't hear quite so much about on the arts. Fashion design, as you say, we punch way above our weight in music and drama and the performing arts, but things like perhaps the creative industries like fashion, maybe you don't hear quite so much? Well, we do. Uh, you know, as an island, obviously, you know, we've produced various fashion designers who, who design on a world stage, such as Preen, you know, who d- who've designed for uh, the Princess of Wales and, and other such very uh, high level sort of you know well-known uh, 
uh, people. Um, yeah, but this year we've got actually two awards that went to students, both studying fashion, Josie Lazney and Lucia Prince. Um, so yeah, so fashion, I, I know that they, they're both students from, from UCM and up at UCM, that they are very strong in, in fashion. They're very strong in art generally. Uh, they have a fantastic you know, art department up there. And both these young ladies have quite considerable talent within fashion. And so hopefully the awards will enable them to go on and further that development and uh, keep on, you know, uh, bringing fashion uh, fashion forward in the Isle of Man. Oh, we hope so. Is it something, do you try to get a spread through the arts or do, do you have to sort of work with who's applied, as it were? Uh, well, obviously, there's an element of that. Um, all the schools know about the bursaries and encourage students to, to, to apply. Uh, and the way we do it is that each of the council members um, look at all the, the awards and they, you know, they matrix score those awards and we come out with, um, you know, with, with, with the eventual recipients mm -hmm. who've, who've scored, scored the highest. So it's not... It is deliberate, but it's not deliberate. There's a, there's a lot of discussion and consideration that, that goes into it, really. And if anyone's listening you know, and maybe thinking next year or you know, in years to come, it's something that might be of interest to them. How do they get involved or how do they go about actually applying for these? So every year, um, at the beginning of May, uh, we, we open the funding for the student bursaries. And the students simply go onto the Isle of Man Arts Council website. There's an area for student... Um, the student bursaries and they can submit their applications that way and nearer the time we put information out on our social media and probably come and talk to you a bit more about it um, out of my newspaper all, all you know as, as far and as wide as we can get it um, and you know even over the course of the of the year if, if the students listening to this and they want to just come and have a chat to us about the procedure and how they go about applying and what we what we look for in a good application that's going to you know be successful then by all means get in touch we're, we're here we're happy to chat and do the students tend to come back or do you encourage them to come back and you know tell you how it's going how the course is going get involved back on the island still yeah absolutely we do we love to hear how they're how they're getting on on their course um and, and for many reasons, but you know, often their stories are really inspirational to other students who are perhaps thinking about, oh, I could study that or I could study this, and then they see the students that we're supporting, and they say, oh yeah, you know, that that is a viable option for me because look, there's somebody that's doing this already. Um, so yes, we do, we do feature them. Um, Ali, our arts engagement officer, likes to to email them and uh, ask how they're doing and ask them some questions. And they, they are always really great to feed back to us. Good luck to them all. And we look forward to hearing from them, we hope, in future programmes. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. The Isle of Man has a new UNESCO Manx Wildlife Trust Biosphere Artist in Residence. Now in post. That's a mouthful. Ali Hodgson has recently taken over from the wonderful Claire Payne, who was the inaugural AIR that's a bit easier, and to set the bar high for her successor, but I'm sure she'll reach it. Ali dropped into the Spotlight studio to have a chat about her new role, and I began by asking her how she'd come to take on the role of artist-in-residence for the biosphere in the first place. So I I saw it initially advertised, it was it was a, a year ago, um, when uh, Claire, the last year when Claire Payne got it, and 
uh, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, that's that's something that I really want to do. Um, I had a very busy uh, year that year, so I couldn't apply, but then reapplied um, this year when I saw it advertised and uh, I, I managed to get it, which is fantastic. And you're obviously you're an artist already. There's something in, and it's sort of just nature and the environment, something that's always inspired you anyway. It is, yeah. So I, I actually grew up in the Scottish Highlands, so surrounded by nature. And I think you can't help but be informed by nature when you're living that close to it. Um, and then growing up and becoming an artist, a designer, uh, it's just something that's always really informed my practice and inspired me. And so for me, this residency is fantastic because it brings together so many things that I was already interested in. So what are you actually hoping to do with it? Because I suppose, is it a blank canvas? Are there certain things that you are obliged or asked to do within the role? Yeah, so um, obviously there's going to be lots of artwork, um, but it's very much uh, people focused as well and, and very much about engaging people, uh, helping them connect with nature, inspiring them as well. So um, for me, some of the themes that I wanted to look at with the residency um, are looking at things around interconnectivity and regenerative culture um, and kind of looking at this, this current movement that we have towards sustainability, but, but taking a bit beyond that current narrative. Um, I'm really interested in concepts around regenerative design, um, but also I really want to focus on on what's around us, the, the unique plants and animals and flora and fauna that we have around us here on the island as well. And we are spoiled for that, I suppose, because the island, even though it's a small place, there's just such a myriad of, of different aspects of, of life and nature and the environment that we could go at, really. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's such an amazing place. And you know, I really hope to inspire people to, you know, explore their relationship with nature because um, there's so much of it around us. But also I really want to kind of be quite vulnerable and honest and open about my relationship with nature and how I want to explore that through the residency and share that on social media, for example, and, you know, walk my talk as well. So, <laughs> so how would you describe your own art then? Yeah, so I've I've had a very varied career. I've um, a lot of it has been involved with commercial illustration, graphic design, that kind of thing. But I've always had a, a kind of real passion for um, ecology, ecological design, design thinking, that kind of thing. So, really looking at how um, you know we can lead with our values as as artists and designers. And and for me, that's very much rooted in uh, wanting to use the skills that I have um, to serve people and planet. You know, whether that's through things like doing this residency or working for um, organisations that are, are kind of pushing the boundaries and what's happening out there uh, with these issues. So um, I've done a lot of different things in a lot of different places, but it's it's a real privilege to be able to do this here now in, in the place that I call home and um, obviously collaborating with the Manx Wildlife Trust and UNESCO Biosphere Isle of Man as well, because um, I'm yeah really passionate about the work that they do anyway. So this is it's a brilliant opportunity. And what do you understand? Because again, the biosphere we often talk about it. So, so for you, what does the Isle of Man biosphere or biosphere Isle of Man actually mean? Yeah, it's it's a word we throw about a lot. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, for me, it's it's not just the individual components that make up that biosphere. It's it's about understanding the the complexity and the systems and the interconnections within that biosphere as well. And Obviously, part of that is nature and um, the flora and fauna that we have here, but it's it's us as well, and we're we're part of those systems, our economies, our social systems, our communities, and to me, the biosphere kind of encapsulates all of those things together, and and the complexity and the beauty and the challenges that are are you know a big part of that. And do you think you'd be able to use your art to sort of illustrate or tell the story of the biosphere? 
I, I hope so. I mean, it's it's definitely a daunting challenge, but I, you know, I think um, one of the fantastic things about art is that it it's this uh, vehicle for asking questions. It's a vehicle for being curious and um, and telling stories as way as well, and and uh, you know, perhaps influencing the narratives that we tell ourselves about the world that we live in and mm. the place that we're in. Um, I also think, you know, telling stories through art is, is a really fantastic way to build empathy. Um, you know, what's it like to be a farmer here on the Isle of Man? What's it like to be a, a wild orchid growing in the wilderness? You know, it's you know that might sound strange, but I think such a great way to build empathy and and influence people and inspire people as well. So do you think your sort of work as a, as a graphic designer helps in this area? Because I think, did you do some of the work on the Net Zero campaign? I did. Yeah, 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 there. So I suppose that's a good starting point in a way of, of having that sort of link already. Do you think it helps with that graphic design background from the storytelling point of view of having pictures which actually convey a, a meaning and a message? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I kind of operate as an artist and a designer. So I think what's very useful about design is, is applying art to different purposes and being able to communicate visually or otherwise, um, especially difficult, challenging and complex topics. And obviously sustainability, the environment, the biosphere, there's, you know, there's a there's a lot of complexity in those topics, and and how do you help people um, perhaps connect with these things? I've always thought that, um, you know, artists almost act like a bit of a bridge between different worlds, and you know, if, for example, you know, having fantastic conversations with the ecologists at Manx Wildlife Trust, and you know, how can I take their amazing knowledge and understanding of, of our environment and then translate that in a way that, that people are going to understand and connect with and, and relate with as well. So it's yeah, it's a fantastic, unique challenge. <laughs> and have you had a chance to, to talk to your predecessor about what she sort of got out of the role and how she approached it? I have, yeah. So, so Claire's fantastic and uh, she really threw herself into the whole year and uh, has been incredibly kind and generous in sharing her knowledge and expertise that she gathered through that year. Um, so yeah, I, I feel very lucky that I'm not the first. <laughs> um, but also, I'm I'm very excited to kind of um, explore the year and and you know make my own mark with it. But also see what the residency wants from me as well. It's all very well for me to say what I think it should be, but I know that through collaborating with people that there's going to be all kinds of interesting things coming up that we didn't expect, and finding ways to respond to that as an artist is going to be fantastic. And so it's very much about working, as you say. There's this educational aspect, this storytelling aspect and it's bringing art into the community as well because I think they quite often certainly from Claire's work in the previous year it's sometimes getting art out into different areas not just sort of going to a gallery or looking at a website or such like Absolutely yeah I think um, you know one of the aims for, for this residency is to, to help engage people that maybe don't normally engage with these topics so that's that's a huge challenge um, and you know we've got all kinds of things that we're plotting and scheming to do over the next year uh, but for example one of the things that I really wanted to do is to create a, a very simple family game that people can use to play and uh, it, you know introducing some of these ideas around ecology and interconnection and regenerative design but in a really fun way that, that you know just helps people engage with the plants and the animals that we have here as well so yeah it's definitely a challenge um, but I, I think art again is such a fantastic tool for communicating these issues and and um, you know it's not just about conveying the intellectual kind of ideas behind this but it's it's connecting people's hearts as well and their imaginations and I think that's why art can be so powerful. Is there anything within the world of nature which really 
pushes your buttons and really sort of gets you excited? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a really difficult question because I'm I'm so passionate about so many different aspects of that. And and for me, what I've I've kind of realised stepping into this residency is um, the excitement that I have for using this as an as an excuse mm. to connect even more with that. Um, you know, it's all very well me sitting in an office working on these international projects, you know, on climate change. But what about where I actually live and, you know, really exploring and getting to know um, the amazing environment and plants and animals that inhabit my actual community around my house even. So, yeah, for me, it's about really um, connecting and, and seeing what that nature has to show me as well. I really want to not pretend that I have any of the answers to any of this and, and you know, sit down and listen and, and see what I have to learn so if people want to find out more about your work or what's going on uh, is there a website or any places they can go to to find out what's happening yeah so um, people can follow me on my own social media so if um, you search for Ali Hodgson that's A-L-I-H-O-D-G-S-O-N underscore design I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram and all that kind of thing uh, but also the Manx Wildlife Trust as well are a great, great organisation to follow. They're going to be sharing some of the journey of this as well. Um, and, and also if there's any um, local businesses or corporate partners that might be interested in supporting the project as well, we'd love to hear from people. Um, uh, there's all kinds of ways that we're looking for support, whether that's sponsorship or, or just space or collaboration or expertise. So if, if, if what we've been talking about does pique anyone's interest, then please do get in touch uh, either with me directly or with the Manx Wildlife Trust. That would be brilliant. Best of luck to Ali in a new position. More than up to it, I'm certain. She won't need that look from me. We'll try and catch up with her a couple of times during her year in residence to see what she's been up to. Finally this evening, as we speak... Well-known local Manx singer and Manx language tutor Ruth Kegan-Gell is en route, well, at least where she should be, you never know these days, to Canada to sing, in Manx Gaelic of course, in duo format at a sizeable gathering known as the International Celtic Colours. I dropped by Culture Vannon's HQ to hear more just before she set off. I'm playing with Rachel Hare, who's from Scotland, but is well known on the Isle of Man in the musical circles for her teaching of the harp. Um, And she also flies the Manx flag all over the world, wherever she goes. She does a lot of teaching harp, uh, Manx harp music and things like that. So we've been playing in a duo now um, for, you know, a couple, a few years now, but um, we've released our first album last year in 2022. So we're heading out. We've been booked to play this festival. Really excited. I suppose, again, I don't instantly think of Celts and Canada. Well, it's interesting that, actually, because Nova Scotia, where the festival's taking place, Celtic Colours International Festival, has um, Gaelic speakers, Scottish Gaelic speakers there. And it was, I believe it was called Nova Scotia before um, people actually emigrated from Scotland to go and live there, which is really interesting. You'd think that the name would come after the fact it got settled by lots of Scottish people, but no, apparently before. Um, And there are even still people who are 11th generation Scottish Gaelic speakers there because they really retained and held on to their culture. Um, So although there's not a huge amount of Gaelic speakers there, there are still native Gaelic speakers um, around. And you think it's actually lasted hundreds of years in that part of the world. Pretty amazing. So we're actually going to be staying in the Gaelic College on Cape Breton um, that's where we're going to be located in terms of our accommodation but um, I mean it's a huge area is Nova Scotia it's going to take us about five hours to drive 
from the airport where we're going to get in into Halifax to where we're staying. And then, you know, each gig is sort of a two hour drive away and it's across the whole of Nova Scotia, this this festival. Well, it's across the whole of Cape Breton and this whole festival. So um, it's really spread out. But yeah, it's quite a good, strong um, Celtic culture there. And the festival, as you say, hinting at there, is spread out and quite sizable, I think, as well. Is it the actual in terms of the numbers performing? It's a really prestigious festival. It's one that both Rachel and I have wanted to play for an awful long time. I mean, I think I've heard about it about 20 years ago and thought, oh, I want to sing there. Yeah. Even before I was really singing, you know, um, that was a dream of mine to go there. And so this is is fantastic to be there. So they really do book, they do book a lot of artists over the course of the festival that they um, also book very you know, well-known artists. So we're going to be sharing the stage with some incredible people. And we're actually in the opening night of the whole festival, which is a real coup for Manx language as well, because I'll be singing in Manx, of course. I was just going to say that. I suppose that's the great thing of spreading the word and that you'll be singing Manx and presumably other Celtic languages being represented there as well. Yes. So the whole festival has a big theme on languages this year. So 2022 to 2032 is the United Nations Decade of Indigenous Languages. So they have this whole um, sort of celebration for a decade. And the festival is actually paying homage to this um, celebration this year as well. So we're singing and playing in the perform in the opening concert which is called the universal language and the idea is that music is the universal language understood across the world and mm. um and yeah so actually we'll hear manx we'll hear welsh uh, scottish gaelic of course um but there's also and i'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it i'm going to try and find out when i get there so i don't make any boo-boos but there's an indigenous language spoken by the first nation peoples of that area as well which i think is something like Mick Moore or something but it's probably pronounced slightly differently to that um, and other languages as well inc- including French too actually um, of course French is spoken very widely in, in Canada so um, yeah so it'll be fantastic to be part of that. And it is very exciting as well I suppose as you said music is a universal language so even though you have that spread of different Celtic languages the wonderful thing is you bring large groups of musicians together and there is that common language which everyone understands absolutely and Celtic Colours is really big on promoting collaborations as well so they have um, a festival club that takes place in the evenings as well Uh, we're not going to be able to do too many of those because um, the way that our gigs work is that we play on the Friday night and then we do Saturday and Sunday and they're both afternoon gigs and so we're going to be up very early to have to travel to go and do the sound checks we're leaving I think 7.30 every morning on the Saturday and Sunday so no late nights for us um but anyway uh, so they have festival clubs and apparently backstage they have like a green room where they do lots of collaborations where people will just pick up and start jamming which really appeals to me I think perhaps even you know the idea of the transatlantic sessions which used to take place on the telly years ago I think that might have been born through those sorts of ideas and certainly I find getting a musical chemistry with somebody else it's just one of the nicest feelings when you start jamming together and you make something together it's really kind of sort of musical alchemy really 
It is. It is truly a magic. So three sets, uh, three sets in total you're playing? Yeah, so three concerts in mm. total, yeah. So with the opening night is quite short because there's loads of different bands taking place in that. So we've actually only got 12 minutes in the first night. So we've got to really use those 12 minutes to show what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other bands such as Blazing Fiddles and Le Vendonneur who are like massive in the scene, really, that I'm very, very excited to be sharing the stage with them. Um, so it's it's really, yeah, it's really, really great. And it's an opportunity that is a televised gig as well. So that'll be filmed and to several thousand people. So it's really an opportunity to to take Manx and show people it because apparently, according to the festival director, it's the first time it's ever going to be featured there um, as Manx, Manx, you know, as a as song. Um, and it's been running for forty nine years. So this is the forty ninth year. So um, it's really exciting. It's quite nerve wracking as well. I'm not going to lie on that one, but um, but I feel you know I think it's important and. So many people have this real emotional connection to language through music and some people come to learn it because they've heard the music, you know, Mm -hmm. so I feel that that's um, a real great way to get in to the language for people. Sounds pretty exciting, eh? One day St John's, the next Nova Scotia. All in a week's work for Ruth Kegan-Gill. I hope all her travel arrangements go to plan. You can never take it for granted these days. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it? Whilst getting the ingredients together for your Christmas pudding. See you next week. Until then, look after yourselves and whatever you're doing. Be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.